Welcome to the Poet Delayed podcast. My name is Scott Edgar. I'm the host, and I just want to start by saying, first of all, thank you to those of you who took the time to listen to my first episode. I really appreciate that. I, I got a lot of good feedback, and I look forward to doing more more episodes. Also, since then, since I released that first episode, I've got it available now on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Stitcher, Spotify, and Amazon. So if you're interested in listening to more of my podcasts as they come out and you use any of those platforms or apps, then it will be there. So I also just wanted to, to say that uh, I'm interested to hear what any of you listening you know, what, what your thoughts or feelings are about the things that I discuss, whether it be the actual poem or the subject matter or just anything that I discuss with, you know, in a standalone episode like this or when I have guests on. So feel free to email me if you're, if you'd like to share some thoughts. Uh, my email address is poetdelayed at gmail.com. So P-O-E-T-D-E-L-A-Y-E-D at gmail.com. So feel free to email me. I'd love to hear your thoughts and feelings. Um, so I've got another episode coming out later this week. Uh, it's going to be my first episode with a guest. I'm excited about that. Uh, I had another friend, however, suggest that you know maybe I could do some episodes in which I read poetry from other poets and discuss what that means or you know, that poetry or how it's impacted me. And I, I thought that was a great idea, great suggestion. So I, I wanted to do that today. Uh, the poet, the poet, the, yeah, the poet that I wanted to, uh, whose poem that I wanted to read today is actually Rilke. I spoke with about him in the last episode. He was the one who was featured in Jojo Rabbit and had that verse come on at the end of the movie that really impacted me. Like I said, I hadn't heard of him before that. Um, and I went home after the movie, looked him up, and started reading a bunch of his poetry, and he's really become a favorite of mine. And I came across this poem. I, I bought a book of his poetry, and I, one, uh, this poem was there. Um, it's titled, Ignorant Before the Heavens of My Life. And I, I don't know if that's the title he gave to it. It's the first line of the poem. And he wrote in German, so I, th- I, I kind of think that the translator just translated and just slapped it on there. I don't know that he actually even put a title, but that's really neither here nor there, I guess. But so I wanted to read that poem and just talk just a little bit about it. Uh, The poem reads, Ignorant before the heavens of my life, I stand and gaze in wonder, oh, the vastness of the stars, their rising and descent, how still, as if I didn't exist. Do I have any share in this? Have I somehow dispensed with their pure effect? Does my blood's ebb and flow change with their changes? Let me put aside every desire, every relationship except this one so that my heart grows used to its farthest spaces. Better that it live fully aware and the terror of its stars than as if protected, soothed by what is near. The first time I read that poem, that last line really jumped out at me. Better that it live fully aware and the terror of its stars than as if protected, soothed by what is near. It just really spoke to me. It spoke to me with regards to things that I was dealing with, going through, and I felt like I felt like that's what I needed to be doing, living fully aware, uh, regardless of 
the difficulties, regardless of the terror. I, I hadn't really lived fully aware in my life. And I just had this impression that I really need to get to that point to really live an authentic, um, purposeful life. And so when I would read that poem and the times after that, I, I really kind of just read through it. Didn't really pay too much attention to the first part just so I could get to the end and just think, wow, that really is amazing. But one day I just thought, you know, I probably ought to understand the context of that last line in full. I mean, as a standalone line, I, I you know, it's, it's a great, it's great, but I wanted to understand the context of it. And so I really started paying attention to the first part of the poem and it added so much more meaning to me. It be, the poem became so much more rich or richer as I understood the rest of the poem. Now, and that's what I want to talk about briefly today. And, and before I do that, though, I just I want to make the point that the the meaning and the interpretation that I have or get from this poem isn't the definitive under, uh, interpretation of it or, or meaning of it. I, I think that that's the beautiful thing about poetry is that I can get something from 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 it and then somebody else can look at it and, and get a different spin or a different angle on it. And so what I say today is what I get from the poem, but that does not preclude anybody else, any of you from reading it and, and having it speak differently to them or to you. And I love that about poetry and and so I just want I just want to put that out there that as I share what I feel about it that if you feel differently I think that's wonderful in fact that's something that I'd, I'd be interested in hearing about um, you know if you feel differently about the poem or if you feel like it, it takes on a different meaning for you I'd love to hear about that I'd love to to learn from you or you know what you take away from it so feel free to email me things <clears throat> things about things along those lines <clears throat> excuse me. So, so this poem, as I really started to read it and get into it, it became clear to me that this is, my understanding of this was that this was really the, the uh, mythological hero's journey. That's, that's what's encapsulated in these few lines. Uh, you know, the first line itself, ignorant before the heavens of my life. When I read that, I think of somebody who has been living in a fog, so to speak, who has been, you know, Thoreau speaks of the masses of men leave lives of quiet desperation. Just day to day, they're surviving. They're, you know, I was in the Philippines for a while and I, I, I met so many people who were in that situation. Well, they seemed to be very happy regardless of it, but, but it was a subsistence. Every day they were getting enough just getting enough to go buy some rice and vegetables, you know. And so I, I imagine that when I read this first line, ignorant before the heavens of my life, it's somebody who's just in this day-to-day -day struggle and there's, they're missing out on the beauties and the joys of life. And they're just waking up, working, putting food in their body, going to bed, waking up, working, putting food in their body, going to bed. And then something happens you know, the, and uh, the hero's journey, it's, you, they receive a call, a call, something beckons you to something higher. And so that's when I read this, this line, 
that's what I that's what I read. I, I read it as somebody who has been in this fog, and all of a sudden they have a call. Something clears up, and they see what's before them, and he or she sees. Says, "I stand and gaze in wonder." Their life, they see the beauties of it available to them. And I love that he uses the heavens as the metaphor here. Because if any of you have laid underneath the stars and just looked up at the, the Milky Way, I think being able to relate to that, being able to relate to seeing that. I, I remember uh, a couple of years ago, I was camping in the central Utah. In the, in the desert out there, a little camp, uh, campsite called Simpson Springs, and I was, it was a, it was I don't know if it's official dark night or our dark sky area, but I remember laying on this picnic bench, and this moon wasn't up yet, so it was just the stars, and it was dark enough to where you could see the Milky Way, just that thick band of stars, and I remember just laying there, just in awe, and just my mind just went everywhere, just looking at the stars and thinking, you know, that light left, what, billions of light years ago. So what's coming, you know, you know, what's the, I just, all that type of stuff. And, and then as the, as the night goes on, you just see the sky shifting, moving. And it's, it's just awe-inspiring. He says here, wonder, he's, I stand and gaze in wonder. So I love that he uses heaven as the metaphor because I think anybody who's stared at the heavens in a dark night and looked at the stars can appreciate how amazing that is. And that's what our lives have to offer, really. Whether whether we are aware of it or not, our lives have that type of beauty to offer us. And the unfortunate thing is that we all get caught up in the day-to-day -day and it's, I mean, it's, I think it's impossible to avoid getting caught up and missing out on life to some extent. But here, this, this, this individual, um, stands and sees it and asks asks herself or himself do I have any share in this? Is this mine anymore? I see this beauty but do I have any share in it? Have I somehow dispensed with their pure effect, the star's pure effect? Have I done something to make it so I don't get to have a part of it anymore? Or he says, he asks does my blood's ebb and flow change with their changes with the stars? And, you know, these questions like, have I missed out on my life? Is it gone? And I love that he doesn't give an answer to those questions in this poem. He doesn't. He just says, he, he makes a decision. Let me put aside every desire, every relationship except this one. So he sees it and it's, he wants it so badly. He, he grasps the, um, The magnitude of this he wants it and so he's willing to put aside every desire and every relationship except this one and I read that to mean connecting with himself with his authentic self with his life the stars the heavens the metaphor for his life he's gonna put everything aside and that's gonna be his focus so that his heart grows used to its farthest spaces the heavens so he's comfortable in that because even though it's awe-inspiring and amazing and beautiful, it can still be. It's still scary, and you need to, you need to be able to exist in that. 
so that you so that you don't panic and 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 enter back into that soothed state that he spoke about. I, you know, I you know to switch metaphors <clears throat> from heavens to the ocean. I think of the same thing. If any of you have sat on a rocky coast and just watched the black waves come rolling in under a cloudy sky and crash against the rocks, and then you see that foamy water just retreat back into the sea just as another huge wave comes up and just pounds that rocky shore. It's an amazing, awesome sight to see. And I'm as mesmerized by that as I am by the stars. But as mesmerized as I am by it, to be actually in it is terrifying. I, I almost drowned in the ocean in Hawaii once, and it was an overcast day. It was gray waves everywhere just closing out on, on me everywhere, and it was terrifying. But from afar, it looks beautiful. From afar, it is awe-inspiring. But to be in it is another thing, and so he's saying that he's going to focus on himself so that to get to know himself, to understand who he is, so that he can exist in those heavens, so that he can exist there and not um, not shut down and be able to be able to abide the terror that's there so that he can reap the beauty and the the uh, opportunities that it provides. And so so he, he says that he's going to put everything aside. So this heart can grow used to its farthest spaces. And then the last line, the line that really jumped out at me initially, better that it live fully aware. And I think that it, the antecedent to that is his heart. So better that his heart live fully aware in the terror of its stars than as if protected, soothed by what is near. That line spoke to me when I originally read it speaks to me now, it especially speaks to me now as I've taken it in context with the, the uh, preceding lines in the poem. Better that it live fully aware in the terror of its stars than as if protected, soothed by what is near. I read that and I see that he's, he's describing two ways of life, fully aware and living soothed, or uh, I'm going to say sedated almost. Um, and and, and so you've got those two types, those two, those two ways of life. And the interesting part, the reality, though, is that whether you're fully aware or you're sedated or soothed, the fact of the matter is you're still living in the terror of the stars either way. But one, you are aware of it and you can grow and live a vibrant life and learn how to you know, benefit from the terror, uh, use that, uh, and, and not just benefit from the terror, that's not a good way to say it. Um, you can live fully where you can um, m- maybe become familiar with the terror so that it's not so terrifying. And you understand, you understand what it is. And so you can live your life, when you know what it is, you can live your life in such a way that um, you know, maybe that he's even talking about the, you know, the, you know, the, the Jungian shadow, the, you know, the shadow part of you that, that we all have. Um, you can incorporate that into yourself. You incorporate the terror into your life for good and use it as a motivator. Uh, but when you're not aware of it, 
and you're just sedated, that you're still exposed. This exposure is the same, but you're blind to it and you're unable to make use of it. And it's subconsciously or it's going to impact you either way, or it's going to impact you even if you don't, you're not aware of it. And so he's, he describes these two ways of life, these two two ways of living life, fully aware and soothed or sedated. And, 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 and I, I actually view those as kind of two opposite ends on a spectrum. You know, one is fully aware. The other is completely head in the sand, sedated, maybe, um, you know, just completely unaware. And, and I tend to think, for me at least, that I've, my life has kind of existed on that spectrum, sometimes more towards fully aware, sometimes more towards sedated. And, and to be honest with you, I, for a large part of my life, it's really on the sedated part, the soothed part. Not, not entirely, because I've always, I feel like I've always appreciated that there was more out there. I've always known, there's always been something inside of me that said, hey, there's more, there's more out there than what you're taking. Um, there's more out there than what you're experiencing. But to be honest with you, it was scary for me. It was scary for me because to get it, you need to put everything aside. You need you need to make a choice to do that. And that is a scary thing. And, and frankly, I think that I, I think that there's actually probably good reasons sometimes to live on uh, nearer to that sedated, soothed end of the spectrum. I think there's times in our lives, especially when we're children, that to be fully aware would be do too much psychological or emotional damage. And that when we're children and we experience trauma, and if we're not able, if we don't have somebody to talk to about it, if we don't have somebody to help us work through it, and it's just we're alone, if we're effectively alone, then I think it's better that we live in, you know, this is, well, I mean, I was going to say this is my opinion, but I, I've heard it said, but, you know, I'm not a therapist, so talk to a professional about that. But I think that, for me at least, I needed to be there. And I need, when I was a kid, I needed to be more near that soothed side because to be fully aware would have um, wrecked me. And being in that soothed area kept me alive, at least kept me, kept me intact until I got older, to where I could face it or I could work through my problems and and start to become fully aware with assistance from other people. Now, it's taken me a while. In fact, to be honest with you, it's just really within the last three years that I've really started making, taking the steps to do this. Now, that being said, I would I would say that. I don't think this is a one and done type thing. Like, for instance, I don't think it's a, a um, limited time offer. If you get that call in your life, if you one day stand up, you wake up in the morning, and all of a sudden you see the heavens of your life, and you realize that, oh man, I've there's more out there. And if you get scared by that, <clears throat> and don't take the steps. You know, don't and, and you and you're scared at the thought of putting aside every desire in every relationship. You're scared of that, and so you say, "Ah, I'm just going to go back to where I was. I'm going to close my eyes and pretend like I didn't see what I saw." 
I don't think that, okay, well, it's passed you by, so you're done. I think that's, you know, that's going to come back up again. And you're going to have opportunities to do it. And, and because it is a scary thing and it's a hard thing. And sometimes maybe we make a little bit of progress. Like I said, I think it's a spectrum. And sometimes maybe we go f- more fully aware and then we take a few steps back. I mean, it's, there's not a one-size-fits-all type thing for this. And, and it really is a personal journey for each of us. And, but um, I think <clears throat> the scary part is, the reason I think why it is so scary is because when we make choices in our life, Every choice involves a loss of some sort. Um, you know, when you're, somebody says you want uh, super salad, <laughs> you say, I want soup. Well, you just lost your salad, and so you're not going to um, get the salad. So every, every decision involves loss of some sort. And this decision to... This decision to work at becoming fully aware is much more significant than super salad. There's the potential to lose much, much more. And I, I can say that I've lost a lot as I've really made the decision these last couple of years I've to, um, to come out of this this fog that I, I'd been in for so long and to really try to connect with myself so that I can um, be my authentic self, so that I can live in the vastness of my stars and, and experience life as it is. I've lost a lot of things. Uh, I've lost relationships and that's probably the biggest thing. And that's hard, and it's sad, and it hurts. It hurts still, and I don't know. I mean, maybe it'll always hurt. But in my mind, I've made the decision that I can't continue living in that fog. I had a, I didn't know, I was not, I did not have a good personal foundation of who I was. And I, and I don't think that, it seems to me that when we don't have that personal foundation of who we are, when we are soothed, um, then it's hard to have solid relationships with other people. And I think my, my you know it seems to me that in order to have solid relationships with other people, we need to have a solid relationship with ourselves first. That needs to be our foundation, and that's what the mythological hero's journey is about. That's what this poem's about, I think. And to get there, sometimes we have to, um, I mean, Jordan Peterson talked about, um, you know, in this similar vein, he said that you're going to have to burn away all the dead wood off of you, and that can be painful. And, it, you know, and, and, you know, he was referring specifically, I think, just to parts of you that, you know, that are not productive, that are not, that don't go towards this authentic self. 
you know, and in addition to that, then you can also lose external things like relationships. You can lose jobs. You can lose all sorts of things. And that's part of it. And that's why it's so hard. That's why it's, that's why, maybe that's why the stars are so full of terrors because it's scary. You know that there's going to be loss and loss is scary. It's easier to cling to what's familiar. It's my experience at least. Easier to, to cling to what's familiar. Um, but as I mentioned earlier, you're still in the stars. You're not really protected because You, me, anybody who's choosing to live in this soothed or sedated way is effectively kind of turning away from issues that need to be dealt with. And those issues don't go away. They just wait for you <laughs> or they come and find you. And it's best to turn. Again, this is my experience, best to turn and to face them and to deal with them. And I, again, I, I probably should say this too, that I've got some good advice. <laughs> I'm good at giving really good advice, not necessarily good at taking it myself and putting it into play. So when I say this stuff, it's not because I have mastered anything. It's, I understand the principles and I'm trying to implement them in my life, but they're not easy, but I'm not, uh, I've, I've made a decision that I'm going to go forward and I've gone back as well as I've gone forward. After I made that decision, I've still fallen back at times. And I expect that I probably will more. But, I'm, but, I, but I know where I want to be. I know what I want. And I want to go there. I, I, want to, I want my heart to grow used to existing in the farthest spaces, up in my, you know, amongst my stars and the terror of my stars. I want that. And I think that that's where, for me, meaning is going to be. I'm going to find meaning there in my life. So I love this poem. I, I love it. Well, I love it first of all because it, it just really spoke to me when I first read it and, and it resonated with me. The way he writes, the way he expresses his ideas really resonates with me. But then I, I, I just, I love the direction that it gives and I can read this poem and it can help kind of set me straight and, and, and realign my, my, my thoughts. Kind of, you know, I get off track a lot. But this poem, for me, helps me to kind of readjust and, and, and to remember what I'm trying to do. So um, that's all I have to say about that poem. Um, I, I appreciate your listening. If any of you have, um, if any of you has th thoughts about the poem, about things that I've talked about, please shoot me an email. I'd love to hear it. I'd love to um, learn from you about things that you've learned in your life. And you know, I'm, I'm always looking for, I'm always looking for opportunities to learn and 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 
things that I can use to implement in my life to, as, as I go through this process of, of growth and uh, renewal. So anyway, thank you, and um, I'll talk to you next time. Thanks.